Well, you can take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, all the verses will come up on the jumbotrons, or if you'd like a Bible, you don't own a Bible, you can go into the altar room here or over in the venue. And by the way, thanks, Brandon, and the team over there for leading all the music and stuff. You guys are great. Uh, but over in the venue, there's an altar room, and you can go in there afterwards and pick up a, a Bible. If you're watching online and you don't own a Bible, just stop by the church anytime, and we, we'd love to give you a, a copy of the, the Word of God. James chapter 5 says this, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The Holy Spirit fills James, our brother, and wanted uh, James and the people of that particular era to, to know something uh, important. But it also matters to us here today. And so, though, though it says James, and James was, was the one who wrote this, it was actually the, the Holy Spirit who filled James, and the Holy Spirit is who had James pin these words. God wants you to know something, believer, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's, it, it's, a, it's, it's something that has an, an effect on your life and on the life of others. The New Living Translation says, the earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The New Century Version says it like this, when a believing person prays, great things happen. And here's the deal. I want you to wrestle around with this for a second, okay? Don't raise your hand or you go, I do, I do, I do, or whatever. Just in your own brain. Do you really believe what God's word says? Do, do you really believe that when you pray, something, something happens? That somehow six, seven billion people on the planet, you know, I, I got five in my family, and when they're all talking to me at one time, I just check out. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just leave the room, you know, <laughs> whatever. How, how can God, you know, hear seven billion people or even, you know, the thousand or so that are in this room if we all started praying right now? Do, do you really believe that when you pray, Christian, that it matters? I think it would be interesting to look at your 24-hour day and, you know, you're going to spend eight of it, you know, sleeping or whatever and you're going to spend a bunch of it working and, you're gonna spend a bunch of it in traffic, and you're gonna spend a bunch of it eating, and you're gonna spend a bunch of it doing a lot of things. I wonder how much of the 24 hours you spend praying. I thought about that in my own life this week. The great apostle Paul said this. He said, don't worry about anything. Really? Instead, pray about everything. See, that's God's, that's God's uh, prescription for worry. For a lot of people, it's just, if I can just get enough beer in me. If I can just get enough stuff up my nose, if I can just have enough sex, if I can just look at porn. Or I, there's a lot of ways we, we try to alleviate the anxiety of life. pills and stuff. 
eating, right? And I don't have a problem with porn, man. I don't have a problem with drinking, but I eat a lot. Because if something happens to you, it just alleviates all of the tension, you know. And God says, I, I get it. I, I don't want you to be anxious about anything. What I want you to do is pray about everything. Now, one of the things we're pretty good at as believers is, you know, uh, if we go to the doctor and they take an x-ray and they find a, um, you know, a, a mass where there's not supposed to be a mass, they find a lump where there's not supposed to be a lump, or they tell us, hey, you know, they give us the worst news possible, you know, the big C word, you got cancer. At that moment, man, Christians fall on their knees, they'll call their parents, their, their kids, their friends, their pastor, they'll go into the altar room, and it's an all-out assault on prayer. We get it, and you should. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says everything Pray about everything. Not just the big mass where there's not supposed to be a mass. Not just those things. Yes, pray for those. But God says, look, you're one of my kids. I want you to talk to me about all the things that are going on in your life. Talk to me about how things are going in school. Talk to me about what's happening in your job. Talk to me about what's going on in your business. Talk to me about what's happening in your marriage. Talk to me about what's happening with your you know, mom or your dad. You know? Talk to me about those things. When a righteous person prays, it matters, you see? Paul goes on and says, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And one of the things we forget to do as believers is when we're praying, oh God, I got a cancer, I got a lump, I got a blah, blah, blah. We, we, we rattle off all this stuff. And God wants us to do that, but he also wants us to be thankful. He wants us not to forget to be thankful for all the great things that we do have, that he has blessed us with. That needs to be a part of our our time of, of prayer also. I, I posted a few quotes this week on my Facebook page, and um, these are all, you know, great guys from the past. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, prayer in many ways is the supreme expression of our faith in God. And I think he's right. You know, when I pray, I'm communicating something to God, that you know what? I really do believe in you. I really do put my trust in you. I believe what your word says. And so here I am, as one of your children, humbly coming to you, talking to you. I'm trusting you, God. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, a prayerless church member is a hindrance he is in the body like a rotting bone or a decaying tooth. Before long, since he does not contribute to the benefit of his brethren, he will become a danger and a sorrow to them. Neglect of private prayer is the locus which devours the strength of the church. And you know, we, this is a big place, we got a big counseling department, and so just, if you were just to take all of our counselors, and then you took all of our pastors, and then you were to take all of the directors, and you just were to take all of the elders. That's a lot of counseling that goes on here throughout the week. Not just from people in this, this church, but people in other churches. We, we, we're a blessing to a lot of people. 
a lot of the people we counsel and meet with, they don't even go to church. They don't believe in God, we don't care. You, you know, you wanna come in, you want some wisdom, you know, obviously we're gonna talk about God and what the Word of God has to say, but we do a lot of counseling around here, and here's the deal. Um, you know, 96.3% of it comes back to the fact that people just aren't praying. A husband and a wife just aren't praying. Couples aren't praying. Individuals aren't praying. And when you stop praying, guess what happens? You, you, your life just starts to go sideways. And you get all goofed up, and the next thing you know, you, 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 you're in getting counseling for something. I think Spurgeon is onto something there. Samuel Chadwick said this, it's one of my favorite quotes. He said, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He cares nothing for prayerless work, prayerless study, or prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, he mocks our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. And today, beloved, we're gonna make the, the, the devil tremble because today we're gonna pray. In fact, in a little bit, I'm gonna dismiss you. We're gonna be singing some songs and I'll dismiss you like if you were at a dinner at a table and we'll dismiss you by little sections and you're actually gonna walk out of this place and we have a whole little prayer walk that you're gonna go on. And we're gonna give you a prayer guide so they can keep your mind focused on the word of God and certain things that we want you to pray for. Genesis chapter 24 uh, uh, records a, a great moment in the life of Isaac. He, he does something that I think is pretty cool. Uh, Genesis 24, verse 62 says, Meanwhile, Isaac, who was, uh, whose home was in the Negev, and then it goes on, and then in verse 63 it says, One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. And some of you know the, 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 the story. But what I always like about that is that uh, Isaac, I, I think, is like me. I got ADD. Okay? And I like to walk around while I'm meditating on the Lord and his word. I like to walk around and pray. And that canal bank over there has gotten a lot of mileage from me over the 20 years that we've been on this property. Even when we were on the other property in my 30 years here, I, I, I walk a lot and I pray as I'm walking. The path that you're gonna walk today, take about 15 minutes basically. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've already walked it. Praying. The, the, there's a movie out called The War Room. How many of you have seen it, okay? Now, now here's the deal, here's the deal. Let me just say, thank God for those people that have a spot, a room. And you can go into that room, and I'm, I'm all for it. And you can get into a room and shut the door, and you, you can spend an hour on your knees before God in the war room. You put me in a room for an hour, I'm gouging my eyes out in about 10 minutes. I, I just can't do it. I read about these people, man, I was on my knees for, for you know, four hours before the Lord, and I think, man, Unbelievable. I can't do that. But what I can do is pray. Whether I'm on my knees praying, and I do that often, but God can hear you as you walk around. It's possible. 
I, I, I think somebody needs to make a movie called, I don't know, the, 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 war, the war Trail. Where you just, you got a trail you, you walk on, you know? Just, man. And you're praying and you're meditating on God and you're lifting up your family. You're, you're talking about, you know, about your career. You're talking about school. You're talking about your marriage. I don't care whether you do it in a room or you're walking around. I don't care. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a quiet place. God can hear you in the midst of all kinds of noise. He can hear you as you're walking and people are gonna be praying and there might be noise, I don't know. He can hear you in all of that. Now I do think it's good to be, you know, find a quiet place where there's not a lot of noise and the TV's off and the you know, radio's off and your phone is turned off and you just go, God, here I am with you and your word. I think that's, that's good, but hey, it doesn't matter. You could be in the middle of, you know, I guarantee you there's a whole lot of Niners the other day that were at that game in the midst of all those people, they were praying. <laughs> and Lord knows they need a lot of prayer, right? Um, God hears us. It doesn't matter whether it's noisy or it's quiet. God hears us. And so this is what we're, we're, we're going to do. When you exit this building, as you walk out at all the doors, you're going to get a prayer guide just like this. And as you walk out, you're gonna make your way in between the information center and the welcome center out there, okay? Everybody's gonna go through that door, and then we have some, some ropes up that kind of lead you along a path. It's not a time to fellowship, that's not the point of it. The point of it is it to pray. You don't have to pray with anybody else. If you're here with your spouse, you know what? It's not necessarily for you and your spouse to pray. It's a chance for you as an individual to just quietly pray. If you want to stop, Last night and this morning, the first hour, you would see a husband and a wife or whatever stopped at certain places and they would pray together. You can do that, but you don't have to. This is a, a chance for you as an individual created in the very image of God to talk with your creator. And the very first thing you're gonna see is you'll see these numbers out there. And when you see that number, number one is thankfulness. And when you see that, we just want you to be thankful. Colossians chapter four says, devote yourselves to prayer and alert mind and, 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 and a thankful heart. And we have some scripture on here. We want you to look at the word of God, see the theological underpinning for it, and then we just put some things here. Spend time thanking God for your salvation. When was the last time you did that? Spend some time thanking God for your church, for the scriptures. Thank God for your health. Nobody ever thanks the Lord for their health until they lose it, right? Thank the Lord for your spouse. Thank God for your children. Thank God for your grandchildren. Thank the Lord for your parents. Thank the Lord that when you got up this morning, you had food to eat. Thank the Lord this morning when you got up, there was a roof over your head. Thank the Lord this morning you got up and you put some clothes on. A lot of people don't have clothes. A lot of people don't have food. A lot of people don't have a roof over their head. You, you did. Have you, have you stopped and just said, man, God, I'm thankful for all of these things. God, thank you for the job I have. It may not be the job that you want to do for the rest of your life. You not be, might not be making a fortune or anything, but you got a job. And thank him for it. And that's the first thing you're going to do. You're just going to start by thanking the Lord. Then you're going to get to number two. And when you get to number two, you're going to be right in front of our office complex. 
And number two is about remembering the, the, the power of God or, or the faithfulness of God. The Bible says in Psalm 77, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. And so when you get over there, we just want you just to stop and remember how awesome God is. And we've listed a number of the miracles that are recorded in the Bible for you, just to kind of get your mind going. Because here's the deal, when you start to remember all these unbelievable moments where God's power reached down from the glories of heaven and touched us as a human you know, population, you just go, whoa, that's right. God is awesome, God's unbelievable. And then we want you to remember the greatest miracle of all, Christian, and that is this. There was a time in your life when you were a, a sinner headed for a Christless eternity, but God opened your eyes to the truth of who he was. He drew you to himself, and now you're a saint who will spend your eternity with him forever. That's the greatest miracle of all, and rarely do we ever spend any time just going, man, God, that's unbelievable. I, I remember me. I haven't always known the Lord. I used to do a lot of really, really crummy things. I was just a scoundrel. Just unbelievable, the things I used to do and say and just, just crummy things. And just to remember the miracle that God's done in my own life. And then for those of you that have been around here a while, you can remember the miracle that happened at that building. And some of you remember the unbelievable miracle God did here to give us that building there. Then you're just gonna keep walking and you'll get right over here. It's, like I said, it takes about 15 minutes. It's probably less than a quarter mile. Uh, but number three is you're gonna be praying for wisdom. We all need wisdom. Pray for your church leaders, the pastors, the elders, that we would have the wisdom of God as we lead his church. This is his church, ain't my church. We need wisdom. We need you to be praying for us. If you're not from Big Valley Grace, you could pray for the wisdom of the people at your church. Maybe you're visiting from another church. Praise the Lord for that. Pray for the people of your church. Pray for the leaders of your church. And then you gotta spend some time praying for wisdom in your own life. It's unbelievable the, the dumb things that human beings do to screw up their own lives. It's almost like they don't have one of these things this unbelievable thing called a brain. And you hear about some of the things people do and you just go, huh. Did they not get one? Did they get somehow butted out of line when brains are being handed out? I mean, really? They did what? You need wisdom, we all do. Pray for wisdom in your own life as you lead your own life. You're the leader of your own life. Are you leading it well? How about you're married? Pray for wisdom in your marriage. Pray for wisdom as you're parenting kids. Let me tell you something. If you got little children, someday they're gonna be teenagers. You need wisdom. <laughs> Just start piling it up right now, because it's coming, you know? You need wisdom. If you own a business, don't you need God's wisdom to know how it is you ought to run your business? Maybe you're a manager of something and you got employees that you manage under you. You need wisdom on how to lead them, guide them. You know what, I don't care whether you're the lowest guy in the totem pole down here at Taco Bell, you're rolling you know, burritos for minimum wage. I mean, you know what, you need some wisdom as to how you interface with all the employees that work there, how you interface with the manager, how you interface with the general manager, so you can be the best employee that God would have you to be. 
Maybe you need some wisdom about schooling, whatever it might be. Then you're gonna keep walking, and now you're gonna enter into the 17,000 square feet of buildings that are falling apart. We've had those buildings for about 17 years, and we need new buildings. We wanna look at the provision that God has given us, okay? And some of you have never been in there. Those buildings are falling apart, 17,000 square feet. And while you're in there, I want you to thank the Lord for all the great things that have happened in those buildings. Some of you were in those buildings as a child. And you heard about Jesus in those buildings. You were discipled in those buildings. You've become the man or the woman of God that you are because God gave us this unbelievable tool over there. And that's all the building is, is a tool. Some of you, you know, you, you were in that building and now you've got kids in those buildings. And I want you to remember all the great uh, kingdom kind of stuff that happens in those buildings. And then I need you to pray and say, God, we gotta keep these buildings up for a while. They're falling apart. They're, they're gonna look good from the outside because we paint them and do all that kind of stuff. But I need all of you to pray. And if you go to another church, you know what? Think about all the children's space at your church and praise God for all the great things that have happened in your church. But we could use your prayers when you're walking through there. We gotta keep those buildings up for a while. And they gotta last because 17,000 square feet is a lot of space. And we need, we need God to keep those buildings up for a while. Then you're gonna keep walking and then you're gonna get to a place where the new 17,000 square foot new building we wanna build is located. And you're actually gonna walk around it. In fact, we got ropes up so you'll see exactly uh, how big it is. And this is about life transformation. When you get there, we want you to imagine by faith this new building, 17,000 square feet, packed full of kids and young people hearing about Jesus for the first time. Imagine by faith uh, the 17,000 square feet of buildings that, 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 that kids are coming to and they're being discipled in the ways of the Lord. Maybe it'll be one of your children someday, I don't know. Maybe it'll be one of your grandkids someday, I don't know. I want you to imagine by, by faith this new building that will replace the, 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 the 17,000 square feet of portables that's, that's there to be used to touch the lives of people for the gospel. Then you're gonna come around the corner and you're gonna get to number six as you start to kind of make your way back between the east and the west wing in this building and we want you just to pray about your participation. How are you gonna help us, Christian? This is your church, man. Imagine by faith what you might be able to do to put up this new building. Some of you, uh, you're enjoying this incredible space right here. This is just, we got a great church building, great chairs, carpet, band, sound system. You, you know that there were people who, who imagined by faith this building and they gave and they gave and they gave and we built this and you know what? By the time this was built, they, they were dead. They never got to enjoy this building, but they imagined it by faith. And here we are today, enjoying this incredible tool. That's all it is, is a tool, because some people said, you know what, there ought to be a church, there ought to be a tool where people can come and gather and fellowship and sing and, and hear the word proclaimed and do all the things that Christians are supposed to do together. And we need you to be thinking about what your partici 
participation may be. And then you're gonna hear the band playing out here outside and you're gonna come down here and then you're gonna hook a left in between the, uh, the, the venue and uh, this building and then you know there's pizza. Hang out, get some coffee at the cafe. I don't care what you do, but just hang out for a while, enjoy uh, being here. You gotta make sure you pick up your kids. <laughs> I think your kids will like pizza too. Uh, so get your kids, take them out there. And uh, now, for those of you that aren't gonna be able to walk it, we have something special for you. All you need to do is just stay in here and uh, Lynn Barber's gonna walk you through. You'll get a prayer guide and we're gonna walk you through a special time too. We know that not everybody can walk uh, walk it because of health reasons or, or whatever. And then at uh, 12.30 sharp in the venue, if you have any questions about the campaign, I've been talking about it now for a long time, uh, come on in there and I'll answer any questions that you have uh, about it. And we're gonna continue to talk about it and kind of bring it home over the next few weeks. But anyway, we're gonna pray. I think you're gonna dig it. Last night, it was just so cool to see people walking around praying, and you're, 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 you're just, you're gonna enjoy this moment. Now, here's the deal. You can do what one family did last night. Let me just tell you what happened. One family last night said, hey, I ain't praying. I can get home early. I can go get my food and go home. Who wants to pray? And so the thing's over with. Everybody's kind of making their way, and they go pick up their ch children. But here's the beautiful thing. Right now, while you've been in here, all the kids have gone through their own prayer walk. And so <laughs> this little, I don't know what grade she's in, she was like, uh, I don't know, third grade or whatever. Mommy and daddy come and get her. Mommy, daddy, did you go on the prayer walk? Uh, no. Oh, we did. Mommy, daddy, you gotta, you gotta go pray. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, kid, kids, you gotta love the kids, don't you? Look, here's the deal. You're gonna get done way early anyway when you go through this thing. Here's a great opportunity for you not to walk and think about how to fix your carburetor if it's out. But we've given you a guide to fill your mind with the word of God and you can walk and pray. And I'll tell you what, it can be a, a huge, huge blessing. And so what's gonna happen here in just a moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dismiss you, the bands, uh, we're gonna sing a few songs in here together and you're just gonna sing until I dismiss your row and otherwise we, 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 got, a, we got a plug right out here. <laughs> so it's not good, to, I gotta, gotta give some time. So we'll just enjoy singing until I dismiss your row. Okay, Father, thanks, Lord for a chance to not just hear the word of God and hear that we're supposed to pray, but then to actually get up and actually do what the word of God says. James says that we're to be doers of the word, not, not just hearers of it. And so here's a real practical way for us to go and pray, Lord. And may all of these folks just have a, a, just a fantastic time as they walk and pray, God. And I ask these things in your name, amen.